the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The following program is sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. This is Wendy Jones, your host, and... Each and every week, we do everything we can to bring you pertinent information, and I just want to say thank you to li- to you listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for trusting us. Thank you for listening and knowing that you're going to get some good information from this program. And I've got to be honest with you, this week, we were supposed to have a sweet little senior that was supposed to be here today, and they couldn't make it. So we're improvising. We're improvising with, um, I think, some very valuable knowledge that you're going to get a lot out of. Uh, With me in the studio is Erica Ansel, who is my operations manager and an amazing woman and knows a lot about sundowners, knows a lot about dementia. We are not doctors. We are not nurses, but we have been working with families. We've been working with clients for years and years and years and years. And we've probably heard almost every story in the book. So with that, good morning, Erica. Thank you for being with me today. Good morning, Wendy. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah. So we want to talk through, our goal is really to talk through what are some of the signs and symptoms, what can be done, how we need to prepare, what what we need to ask the doctor, just kind of all of this stuff. And I'm going to tell you, listeners, the one thing that I think repeatedly goes over in my head is I wish I would have known sooner. I wish I would have known that, you know, my mom has dementia. My mom doesn't, but I'm just giving you an example, right? So some of the things to look for in this, and Erica's going to piggyback on what I'm talking about. Some of the things to look for in memory loss first is, do they know what things are? So for example, if you have a pen in your hand, are you like, yes, can you grab me the pen? Or are you like, hey, can you grab me that toothbrush? Because they're thinking it's a toothbrush and not a pen. Absolutely. So they often may 
confuse different objects for different things, but may know the purpose. So that's that very beginning stages, which they call mild cognitive impairment or general forgetfulness, which is the very first stage of probably about seven stages or so of dementia. Although they're defined as seven stages, a lot of the time that those seven stages are often mid-stage to late stage, and depending on where they are, can be a little confusing. And I do know, because I've talked to numerous nutritionists, you know, being healthy, eating healthy, having, you know, fish oil, you know, doing omega-3s. I mean, there's things we can be proactive now in our health with exercise. I'm going to tell you this, the number one thing that I have heard repeatedly is if you exercise. Absolutely. So not only exercising physically in your body, but also mentally having the mental workout. You know, a lot of people are very secretive about doing the crossword puzzles in the Detroit Free Press or any other newspaper or online and people don't talk about it, but it is so important to not only work out your physical body, but to have a mental workout of your mind. Keep doing those Sudokus that you've been doing for the last couple of years. Keep doing those crosswords and challenge yourself and go, what else could I call this? The other thing I want to mention is writing things down is very important. Um, and if you're recognizing that your brain isn't remembering things by recall, please just at least start writing them down. I've been in houses before where there's sticky notes everywhere, reminding people with their handwriting, you know, your daughter's birthday is on blah, 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 right? So start writing stuff down. You would be surprised. The disease state can go anywhere from, I think it's seven to 20 years that you can live with this. So we make the best of what we have while we have it as long as we possibly can. Um, moving forward through, through, you know, Alzheimer's, I, I want to mention that to me, one of the most important things is safety. So cooking, leaving a stove on, on accident, driving, these are things that are so critical because they don't just affect that person. They affect others. You get in an accident and then this is a true story. Listeners, I had a client who her mom was on her way to her house. She was driving down Telegraph, and guess what? She was driving north on the southbound Telegraph lane, and she did not know. She did not know of the turnaround she missed, and she was literally driving the wrong way on Telegraph. Now, in my mind, the daughter had no idea that her mom could not dis determine which way to drive. But I'm going to tell you guys why. She never drove with her mom. Her mom always drove to her or she drove to her mom. They were never together in the car. So these are the things, listeners, we got to pay attention to. When you say, mom, come visit me, or are they driving at night? Is it difficult for them to see at night? You know, these are the things we got to be cognizant of because the last thing your mom is going to say is, oh, I can't see at night. I can't drive. They're just going to come to your house. Absolutely. And one thing, just to piggyback on what Wendy had mentioned, is that you want to challenge your parents' abilities if you start to question them, but you don't want to challenge them with questions. What you want to do is say, hey, mom, let's go to the store. Why don't we take your car? Why don't you drive? Hey, or, hey, mom, let's go to the grocery store. Do you have your list? Can I meet you there and be near her house and watch her leave? Be somebody else and think to yourself, if I'm a young child, an 18-year-old driving and somebody who may not drive as well as they do, 
and pay attention to whether or not they're stopping at the stop signs and they're yielding at the yield signs. If they're coming to that complete stop at a stop sign, you don't want to challenge them outright. Say, hey, mom, I'm worried about you driving, but say, hey, ma, let's go to the grocery store. Hey, let's go over to the athletic club. Yeah, I love that, Erica, because you you definitely don't challenge. You ask questions. You know what? Do you mind driving, mom? Because I've got to make some phone calls. And then it makes sense to her. Mm -hmm. Of course I can drive. One of the other things that I think you're very knowledgeable on, if you can share with our listeners, because you worked in a memory care community. For a very long time. What is sundowners? Some people don't know what the name sundowners even means. They, They may have heard it somewhere, but they don't know what the actual terminology is for it. Absolutely. So it piggybacks on the 36-hour day that most dementia patients experience in 24 hours. However, it directly is related to the circadian rhythms of one's body as well as the amount of sunlight that they're getting through the day. So sundowners typically happens in the early to mid-afternoon between 2 and 4 p.m. where we may get more confused. There may be more behaviors and outbursts of a lot of emotional distress, which can be related to how much sleep they had received the night before, the progression of their disease. Typically, it happens between 2 and 4 p.m. It is directly related into how much sleep that they get. So somebody who's not sleeping as much at night and gets up earlier may experience that 36-hour day a little bit more, which means they're waking up and they're at three o'clock in the morning and they just woke up and that's their first wake time. So that's breakfast time. But then they go back to bed at five and they wake up at eight and that's the second breakfast time. And then they eat their breakfast and they take that little nap and it's their fourth breakfast time at lunchtime. So it can cause increased confusion within their bodies and they don't know what time it is. So as they get a little bit more disruptive or a little unsettled in their home or in a memory care community, we always have to step back and remind ourselves, did they have their coffee? How many naps did we take today? Is it time to go do an activity? Is it time for them to use the restroom? Because some of these behaviors are actually directly related, may just stand up and start causing a ruckus, but sometimes they just need somebody to hug them and hold So we're going to transition from sundowning into moderate dementia because that truly is a very good, very big, big thing to know, an important thing to know. Absolutely. So whereas that mild cognitive is just a little general forgetfulness, you know, maybe some of their abilities are starting to wane a little bit, but moderate dementia is really where we may see mom and dad really not paying their bills anymore. Um, they're unable to shower themselves or complete a full task, and they're going to really stay into safe topics when they further into their disease and progress into moderate dementia. So they may only talk about when the children were little or an episode of General Hospital if mom still watches soap operas. They stick to very safe, well-known events that have occurred in the past because that's what's current in their mind. One thing that we have to remember that as our parents are going through moderate dementia into severe, as well, although some of their personalities may change due to the course of the disease, mom and dad are still that person behind. You know, there's a saying that says you always hurt the one you, the ones that you love the most. 
And that does, that does ring true for a lot of our caregivers who take care of their aging parents with dementia. And just remember your mom and dad loved you just as much with dementia as they do when they don't. So, you know, they're always asking for quality time, whether mom and dad have transitioned into a community or they're at home. So one thing that I've often been saying quite a bit is acts of service are not always quality time. And what that means is that even though you're there doing dishes and giving mom a shower, doing their grocery shopping and their laundry, doesn't necessarily mean that it's the same quality time as you sitting down and playing a game of euchre or go fish or just asking them what they did today even though that truth may not be the real truth, it is mom and dad's truth currently, and that's what we have to go with. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. We'll be back in just one moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to the Next Steps for Seniors program. As I mentioned in the first segment that we are um, changing our topic just a little today and doing a couple different segments uh, because we were going to have a sweet little senior that is uh, home ill. So we're going to do that next week. Um, Once a month, we are having a sweet senior that will be sharing their testimony and their story on the radio with uh, you listeners. And I think I love it. It's endearing. It's amazing. I love learning from others. And I think it's just an awesome opportunity to get to know people. So if you're listening to the program and you have a story that you want to share, please call the office. Tell them. Say, I heard Wendy on the radio and I would like to share a story on the radio with, with the listeners. So I would love to talk with you. I would love to hear your story and see if we can share it with others. It's an opportunity to learn and grow. I know that our seniors have so much wisdom and so much knowledge, and why not share it with everyone? So on that topic of dementia that we talked about in the first segment, I wanted to just mention a couple other things uh, regarding that before I move into another item. And that is usually... As the, as the disease state progresses, we need to start simplifying things. And, and Erica mentioned that just a little bit in the first segment. And when I say simplifying things, I'm going to give you an example. I had a sweet woman who was living in her home in, um, I think it was Birmingham. She had a very nice, very big home. And her husband died two years prior So I was called, I went out to visit her, her and I were sitting in her front room together and she kept holding her brain and she kept saying to me, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm so overwhelmed. And I was like, okay, so let's talk, let's talk through what is overwhelming you. So give me some ideas. And she gets nervous when she drives. So she knows she has to drive to get her groceries, but she gets very anxious And the reason is because she's lost some of her visual, um, and and listeners, if you're driving at an older age, you just slow everything down a little bit, whether we realize it or not, it happens. And as things start slowing down, you start losing your spatial, right? And if you're looking and you think that you pulled up to the stoplight, but you didn't, you start losing the ability to know how close and far away you are from other vehicles and from Uh, objects. So it's a big deal. Driving is a very big deal. And this was causing her anxiety. So long story short, after we talked through everything, what was causing her anxiety is in her head, thinking of all the things that need to happen that she 
doesn't really have the capacity to do anymore, like cooking and doing following a recipe and putting all the ingredients together. It was just too much for her. But she can eat, she can use silverware, she knows what how to order, she just couldn't do the preparation part. Does that make sense? So following a recipe was a lot of work for her. But sitting down at a restaurant and ordering off of a menu is not a lot of work for her. So what we did is stepped into action and we were able to get the sweet woman into in a community. That's what Next Steps for Seniors does, is we help move these people into a community setting so that she was able to go to a community, have breakfast, lunch, and dinner prepared for her. And she literally sat down, looked at the menu, and knew, hey, this is what I want to order. And it worked for her. It worked perfectly for her. But this is what is so necessary as you age, is to start simplifying the components of life that are overwhelming. And that's what Erica was trying to say in our first segment and did such an eloquent job of it. Because you cannot continue at the same capacity level. We need to start decreasing it. And I use the word simplify. We need to simplify your life. And the first question I had for her was, what rooms do you go to the most? And she said her kitchen and her bedroom. And that was it. She hadn't been in her basement in five years. So listeners, I'm talking to you. If there is a situation and that you're overwhelmed, that you feel like it's just too much, we need to simplify. It's time to simplify. Even if it's going to a condo instead of a house, if you don't want to pull weeds and shovel the snow and do all that stuff, there are options out there. We don't have to live in the situation that we think that we're supposed to, right? We think, oh, I need to have a house. I need to have a house so people can come visit me. You don't. You can have a condo. You can invite people over and everyone else will take care of the outside. All you got to do is the inside. You know, these are the steps that we need to start taking that make our lives easier. And our lives can be simplified. And we don't want you to feel overwhelmed with life. And it can become overwhelming as we age because the little tasks take more. And one of the other things that start happening is in your brain, you can't, you're starting to miss the details. I don't know if that makes sense. So if you're thinking through something and you're like, yeah, I remember what I had for dinner, but I don't remember, you know, where we went, you know, who was the waitress, maybe the waitress's name, what I had for dessert. You're missing all the details, but you remember the actual entree. So these are the things when you start noticing this, these are the things that we need to be aware of in our loved ones. And not just so we start compensating for them, but we want to, we want to help support them, but we can get the support around them early enough. We can get them on the right medications or supplements, you know, with a physician to start the process earlier. If you start taking the meds sooner, it actually staves off the disease state from happening as quickly. So you can go longer. And we mentioned before, I mean, one of my, one of my really good friends, her mother had Alzheimer's for 20 years, 20 years. And the family didn't even notice the first five years. So it took that long to get to a point where you could actually see that there was significant problems. 
So when that happens, I think it's just important to know we can we can manage every single stage. And yes, there are multiple stages. And just so everyone knows this too, the last stage, the very last stage is when you lose your bowel and your bladder. And when I say that, you you don't have the ability, your brain doesn't trigger and tell you, I need to go to the bathroom. And then you have time to get up and walk to the bathroom and go to the bathroom. So your brain just doesn't even tell you that you have to go to the bathroom. You literally just go. And this is the this is one of the symptoms of the very last stage of the disease state. And usually if someone's living at home, the entire time they've had this disease state, usually when you get to this point in time is when you say, I just can't do this anymore. I need to move my loved one. And that's, or you, you have them in briefs and there is a, there is a way to put them on a schedule. Every two hours you take them to the bathroom. I mean, honestly, that's the answer. But if it's too much for you to do that, that's when you can move them into a memory care community and the staff there who are trained professionals will know how to manage, um, the toileting component. Okay. Switching gears. I've got two stories that I really want to tell you about people that we have been able to help through our foundation. So you know I have a foundation called Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. It is an amazing opportunity to reach out and help people in need. And let me tell you a little bit about what we do. We support people financially. So you may or may not know this, and we'll talk about it in one of the um, future segments, is there are a lot of people that cannot afford to move into communities. So my foundation, Next Steps for Seniors Foundation, bridges the financial gap between what people have and what people need to live in a safe environment. The second thing it does is assist physically. We had a gentleman who had no family that was living in his car, and he truly did not know how to get out of his car and into a safe community. So we were contacted, we were able to to get this gentleman into a safe community and he has three square meals a day. He's living in a warm in a warm space with a bed and a kitchen. He's got people around him that are talking to him all the time and he could afford it. He just didn't know how to help how to do it physically and that's what we were able to step in and do for him. So that's the second thing our foundation does. And that story is near to dear near and dear to my heart because it is reality. When you don't have children or you don't have anyone helping you, you really truly don't know what to do and that's when you should call our office. And and I'm going to give that number really quick 248 651 5010. The last component of our foundation is to share spiritually. And the reason that we this is one of our three pillars is because I believe the most important thing is not just what the next step is physically, but what your next step is spiritually. And knowing, having the peace in your spirit, knowing that you will spend eternity in heaven, to me, it says in the Bible, a soul is worth the price of the whole world. And that's what we want. We want to see more souls in the kingdom of heaven. And there is no greater purpose than to know exactly where you're going. So that those are the three pillars of the foundation. Next steps, number four, seniorsfoundation.org, O-R-G, is our website. And we are working very hard to help as many seniors as we can. But we do need your help. 
we don't get any funding from anywhere else except private donors. So if you can support us, we appreciate that. You can support us on our website or you can call our office. We'll be back in just one moment. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back uh, to our Next Steps for Seniors program. We are improvising today. We're doing a couple of different things each and every segment, and it's really because there is a lot to share. And with me in this segment is going to be Roz. Um, She is on our team here at Next Steps for Seniors. She answers the phone. She talks with families, and she understands, you know, what she what she sees and hears is really struggling, family struggling with not just each other, but with processing through, we need to take care of our parents and how do we do it? And so I just want to share a story before um, Roz and I start talking through this topic. But one of the things that I'd love to share with you is it's probably one of the most challenging times in a family ever when things start happening with your loved ones. And we have a choice to make. We can crawl up in a ball and cry and be miserable, or we can embrace this time, we can make the best of it, and we can keep unity in the family. And we have seen hundreds and hundreds of families call our office each and every month. And I really feel like the families that embrace it and really lean on each other, and really communicate with each other, and let the little stuff fall to the wayside, are the ones that are truly more successful in this process. Instead of making such a big deal about it, I mean, I have honestly had people sue, a brother and sister sue each other over a situation with a dad. Now you tell me how that dad must have felt through that. What a disaster. It just breaks my heart. And to this day, guess what? That dad has passed and those those siblings, they don't even talk anymore. But this is the kind of stuff that can happen. But guess who's in charge of that? You, right? We are. We have something to do about it. We have something to say about it. We have a way to address it with a heart of love and with a heart of compassion and just a desire to be unified with your siblings. Don't you think, Roz? Absolutely, Wendy. One of the things that we have to make a priority is the care of our loved one, recognizing that they are counting on us. They're also counting on us to be a family surrounding them with making solid decisions, making agreed-upon decisions, and understanding what needs to be done when it comes to taking total care of their needs, whether it be home care, whether it be personal care, whether it be financial. And yes, we all recognize that it's difficult. We each have a perspective when it comes to what the right answer is. But here is your opportunity to respect your parent, respect your sibling, whoever you are helping as an advocate with their care to say, wait a minute, my loved one is the priority. My family is the priority. All those other things just really don't matter. We need to look at how are we going to assure that the needs of our loved one are clearly being taken care of properly. And let me add, 
if you've got family out of state and, you know, maybe there's two siblings that live near mom and the rest of them are out of state, you know, you can have a group, a group conference call every Sunday with updates on mom, you know, or a Zoom and you, you put it together and say, let's all get together every Sunday night at seven o'clock. Because what will end up happening is the two that are closer will do everything and feel like the others haven't done anything. Wendy, that is such an excellent example. The calls that we get are exactly that because we'll take down the information. We will refer to one of our amazing placement specialists. And then all of a sudden, well, we've got to wait for Sister Sue to agree upon before we go forward. Or um, Brother Bill doesn't want to do it this way. It's so important that you guys sit down. You, as the family members, recognize what is truly important. I do think that having multiple children has its blessings and its curses because sometimes, I mean, we've had families that have had 12 kids and it's almost impossible to get three people on the same page, not alone 12. But what I keep reminding those families is what a blessing you have all these people that can support mom or dad, right? So give them each a job, whatever their gifts and talents are. If Mm -hmm. someone's good at finances, okay, you handle the money, you handle this, you handle that, and then still do the group calls. Other families, one, one child. And that child comes crying to us saying, I'm the only one. All this falls on me. And what we say to that is, be blessed because you can make all the decisions by yourself. You have, you don't have to butt heads with anybody. So there is a blessing in every situation. We just have to find that silver lining. It's, you're you're so absolutely right, Wendy, because we all think that we have the right answers when it comes to the care of our family members. But we all have the right answers if we work together and we share the information. A lot of times I find that some of um, the concerns that siblings have may have is they're not aware of what's going on with mom and dad directly. They don't realize that their dementia has taken them to a point where their personal care is no longer. Their home looks like a disaster. And sharing with them that information with them verbally may not help you to understand the immediate needs of your parent. I just want to encourage people to really work together and work with your family, work with your parents. They want to be involved in this decision. And, you know, a lot of times sitting down with them and saying, you know, mom, I love you so much that I want to put the proper support around you so that you can stay at home and you can live at home safely. But some of those things are bringing someone into the house to help you do some of this because I'm not able to. And honestly, there's professionals out there that will take care of your mom at home. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what's so great about Next Steps for Seniors is you give us a call. We will help you through all the processes when it comes to care. And whether it be some uh, need of maybe stay at home for a while, but If you need transportation, if you need just to ask those questions that are so hard to get correct answers for, you call Next Steps for Seniors. Then you'll be also forwarded to a placement specialist if indeed that is your need. And, you know, my team, I'm so blessed. Our team here at Next Steps for Seniors is truly amazing. Everybody loves seniors so much. There is so much value. And each placement specialist is assigned to someone so that they would actually be able to 
ask every question that you have to that one person. So you have one placement specialist. All the questions go to that one person. Anytime you have anything that comes up, if you need a hospice company, if you need a a home care company, if you're ready to move because you can't live at home anymore, we can help you with that also. If your loved one's in the hospital and you're not sure what to do, we can help you with that too. This is what we specialize in. And it's important. It's important to know that you have an advocate in your corner. You know, Wendy, that's such a great point because the calls, again, all the calls that we get, That is probably the expression that I get. In fact, they say, oh, my gosh, you can handle all this? I cannot tell you what a blessing this is. I cannot tell you how fantastic. I'm going to call my brother right now and tell him that we have someone that can walk us through this process. So perfect. Yes, it is. It is critical. Some of the other things that have, you know, just a story that's coming to mind outside. I know I told you a really bad story about the two that sued each other, which was heartbreaking. I have a good story, too. Awesome. <laughs> and it's funny, Roz, because my kids are like, every time you get in the car, mom, you tell us some horrible story. <laughs> and it, 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 I don't realize it because I hear so much stuff. So I need to stop saying all the bad stuff and start saying the good stuff in front of my kids because they're like, man, what do you do every day? <laughs> you handle a lot of cases, oh, my dear. We, we hear a lot. It's all, it's all good. We all learn from these situations. But I had a family who we did a Zoom call with and there was six children And my placement specialist and I were on the call with the six children on a Zoom call. And what was fascinating to me is how much those six kids referred to each other. Um, The oldest brother kind of ran the call and he would refer to someone and say, hey, can you do me a favor and share with, um, you know, the two ladies from Next Steps, the the." physical condition of mom. And then this, the sister would start talking about it. Then when she'd get done, he'd say, he'd point to the next sister. Can you share the financial responsibilities with mom? That is so I perfect. mean, and every kid had something to say, had some information that somebody else didn't have. I mean, it was remarkable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got off that call and I was like, wow. Number one, wow. That these kids that have all risen above the differences with one goal in mind, take, take care, care of mom. Their care of their family member. So that, perfect. That's all that mattered. And I think, you know, in life itself, we have to start focusing on the important things. There's a lot of little stuff that will try to intercede and take away the joy. It distracts you from what is really important. And so we need to really focus on what's important, and that is the care of your loved ones. And they need you. They need you as a voice to step in when nobody else is there. If you're in the hospital, you need to be able to know, hey, my daughter's going to be here and she's going to help me get out of this situation. They need to know that you're there for that them. Confidence, yes. Yep. Just showing up is, is 90%. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. This is Wendy Jones, and I just want to thank you, listeners, um, for tuning in and, to, and for sharing. You know, with us, we get calls every single week. Some of the new, exciting things that are happening in people's lives, and you're sharing that with us, and we appreciate that because there is a lot that goes on in this world. And as we age, and we all age, <laughs> yes, we do. Some of us better than others, but it still happens to everyone. 
it's really an important time um, to, to settle in our spirits with where we are and what we're doing and kind of embrace this, this, this time period, this moment. Um, this last segment, Words of Wisdom, we like to share uh, topics that that are happening in the industry that we want you to be aware of and what, what to know. I'm just going to say that what to know about the industry. So the thing that I'd like, I'd like to talk about now is discharge. So we have a lot of people in, you know, the winter brings some craziness. So we have a lot of clients in the hospitals and in the rehabs right now. And it's good that we have a hospital and a rehab, but it's really important that the hospitals and the rehabs both have one job, and that is to get you stronger and to get you out and back home. So they don't want you to stay in the hospital for a long period of time. They want to get you better so you can get out of the hospital. And same thing with the rehab. They want to get you stronger with physical therapy so you can get out of the rehab. So what's happening is... Really, we have to be able to adapt. We have to be able to transition. We have to be able to step in and know what's going to happen next. And this is the most important thing to understand. Number one, we need to know that the second you enter into a hospital and you're admitted to a hospital, that care team or or social worker, each family is assigned a social worker, that person's job is to start thinking about discharge. So whether or not you're thinking, you're thinking I'm going to get better, they're thinking you're going to get discharged. So it's really important to know who that person is. And in a rehab too, every family is assigned a social worker. So your first question when you get into a rehab is, who is my social worker? The word in the hospitals is usually a care manager. In the in the rehabs, it's a social worker. Who You want to know who that person is. The next thing you also need to know is that you will probably only be given a 24-hour notice of when you're getting discharged. So they're not going to say on Tuesday, oh, we're thinking of discharging you next Tuesday. You are not going to have a week in in either setting. It is going to be hours, and it's going to be really quick. So we have to have plan A, plan B, and plan C prepared prior to discharge. So this is what I want to share with you about discharge from a hospital. You are going to get a packet. Someone is someone is in charge. It's usually a hospitalist. It's usually a physician in that oversees your care in the hospital. So this person is going to be responsible for overseeing all of your care. You're going to have a lot of different specialists that come your way, but the one person that oversees your care is going to be the person at the very end of the hospital stay that does your discharge paperwork. So here's what's important about discharge. You're going to get either a packet or a folder or something. And in that is going to be extremely valuable uh, information. It's going to tell you what your diagnosis is. It's going to tell you what medications you're on. It's going to tell you what your next step is. It's going to give you the names of the physicians that have... um, have been, you know, spoken to you. It's going to give you some of the results of some of the tests. All of this information is going to be there in this discharge paperwork. Sometimes it's color coded, very rarely. That's what I'm really working on getting done. Um, I think it's important for seniors, especially to have it color coded, coded and to have it in large print. But this is important to look through this discharge paperwork and to understand what your next steps are, because it'll say right in there, follow up with 
And if it's a cardiologist, the first thing you do is call the cardiologist when you leave that hospital and get your follow-up appointment. But this is the stuff that really is critically important because if we don't do this in advance, it'll just make life more challenging and difficult later. So I just wanted to share that with with you as far as the, the paperwork from the hospital. And some of the other things in there could be like the medications that you're on. Now, when you go into the hospital, you're already on medications, right? But when you come out of the hospital, chances are high you're on different medications. So it's really important to understand which medications, you ask that doctor, which medications am I on now? And and what about my old ones? Can I still keep taking that? You need to ask these questions when you're in the hospital. Because what we don't want is you to have any contraindications, which means a medication that interacts with another medication. And so having one physician oversee your care is important for those reasons. So your next trip is probably going to be to the pharmacy as soon as you get out of the hospital or the rehab because you want to make sure that you have the proper medications. And a prescription, some type of script, is usually what they'll discharge you with. So, Or they'll send the meds directly to the pharmacy and you just pick them up there. Whatever works, just make sure you have a list of those. It is critically important to have those meds. I would guess 50% of the people that get discharged do not get their meds in a timely manner. And that's heartbreaking because it could make the difference between whether or not you go back into the hospital. So I just really think that this rehab and hospital discharge is extremely important. And when I told you in the in the beginning of this little section about words of wisdom, they usually give you 24-hour notice. They will come in with a list and say, where would you like to go? If you're in the hospital, they'll give you a list of rehabs. Which rehab would you like? You need to be prepared before they come in with that list because when, when you see that list, you usually got 24 hours. So you're going to go on Google and you're going to be like, where do I go? What do I do? You can call our office. We can help you with that. Or there is a site called medicare.gov. And you can type in nursing home compare. And in that medicare.gov site, and make sure you're not on a different site, make sure it's the medicare.gov site, you can actually see the five-star rating system for the local nursing homes and rehabs. And that is important because you want to know what the staffing is. You want to know what the quality indicators are. You want to know how they did on their last survey. This information is critical to know before making a decision. And to be honest, the most important thing is to go visit. You need to walk in the doors of that rehab before your loved one gets sent there. And you want to see how you feel about it because you can say, no, I prefer her not to go to that rehab, but I prefer her to go to this rehab. But what's important to understand is the rehab gets sent the paperwork about your loved one and they actually accept or deny that patient based upon the level of care. So many people may or may not know that. So if you're like, well, I want my mom to go to this rehab, and they're like, okay, we'll send it over. What they're saying is the rehab has to accept your patient. And if for some reason they don't, then you definitely need to find a different place. Those rehab is covered for 20 days under Medicare and then um, up to 100 days potentially. But I think what's important to know about about that transition and that discharge paperwork is you want to know before you get that discharge paperwork, where your mom and dad are going. You don't want to wait till that moment and not know. And that's why we say to call our office ahead of time so we can help you with that process. And sometimes you need a private pay option. 
Because if you're leaving from rehab and you can't go back home, you definitely need to look into something privately, like independent living, assisted living, residential care. And that is what Next Steps for Seniors can do for you, is my team has been in all of these places. They know the pricing. They know what they look like. They know everything about them. And you would be able to actually grab a hold of the knowledge of someone who's been in the industry for years and share that information with you so that you know the best options for your mom or dad. And that's why I think it it is important to call a company like ours and be able to ask, you know, help me find the right place because this is what's important to my mom. You know, she likes to read. She likes to watch TV. She likes, you know, euchre, whatever it is. We're able to to figure out and, and really match you with the perfect place upon with pricing, with location, with activities, with care. All those things are really important. And, and listeners, you'd be surprised how much things cost. An assisted living, an average assisted living is approximately 6000 I'd say 5500 to $6,000 a month. And that is an assisted living for full care. And, you know, we've had people on the program in the past and we will have them on in the future talking about the financial component because we need to have $6,000 a month. The average person lives in assisted living for two years. So that's a lot of money you need to have saved up for that. But these are the things that we wanted to share under the Words of Wisdom segments. And again, this topic was really just about the discharge paperwork. Pay attention to it. Read it. Show it to your children. Show it to your family. Make copies of it. Send it to them. Whatever you can do to communicate as much as possible what the steps are and what's supposed to happen after discharge is really important. Again, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Have a blessed day. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. The preceding program was sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.